Good morning. Wow. Wow. Was, was God moving during the worship this morning? Church, come on. Man, I'm Pastor Randy. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to bring the word uh, to you. What God showed me through the passage we'll be studying this morning, uh, it's just a, it's a, priv- it's a real privilege. I just want you to know that. And I take it very seriously, unlike we were supposed to from last week's message. I shouldn't take myself so seriously, right? Be, let it be known now, Pastor Randy will not be rapping this morning. Gotten about a million questions. Are you gonna be rapping? Oh, somebody went, oh, you really don't want me to. <laughs> but I can sing. So there will be moments of participatory opportunities for us to sing throughout the message today. It'll be fun, we're gonna have a good time, but God has a real clear and concise word for us today, amen? Um, We're in a series called, I said this before, but we're in a series called Generations, Following by Faith. It's right there, you can see it. And uh, we've been just talking about the faith journey in multiple generations, multiple ages, people, kids, teens, young adults, all the way up. And um, which, uh, by the way, is a demographic of our church. There are, we're multi-generational, amen? And, and we, all of us are here seeking the Lord, trying to grow in our faith and our, our walk with him. Today's message is entitled, Traveling Through. Traveling Through. But by way of review, um, let's look at the passage last week that James, didn't James do a great job last week? Last, last service, I, I, I slipped up, I said, Pastor James. And everybody was like, and I said, but, but he's got the heart of a pastor, does he not? Uh, but let's review. So Hebrews 11, if you turn to Hebrews 11 in your Bibles, uh, starting with verse 8, uh, James talked through verses 8 through 12. I'll be doing verses 13 through 16 in that same chapter of Hebrews. So let's, uh, let's read this together. It says, by faith, Abraham opened Uh, excuse me, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Remember that. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is who? God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, (laughs) were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable, innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. And now our text for today. You can follow along. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, 
they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Let's pray. Lord, may your word penetrate, may your word impact, may your word convict and challenge and grow us in our faith this morning. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's summarize. The Apostle Paul, the most widely known or widely agreed upon person who wrote the book of Hebrews. There are other people that some think that wrote it, even Priscilla, some think Priscilla wrote Hebrews, but that's another message. Um, yeah, Paul's reminding the readers that God made a promise, a covenant with Abraham, right? That his offering would eventually, or sorry, his offspring would eventually receive solace and find rest in the land of Canaan. And that his descendants would number, quote, as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. That's a lot. So rest in the land of Canaan along with a long legacy of family was God's covenant and promise made by a God of relationship. I've talked to you a lot about that before when I've spoken, even as I've led worship. Our God is a God of relationship. He's a God of truth, but he's also a God of relationship. He desires to have relationship with you. It can't just be all knowledge. You, you can't just know about God. You have to know God. And if the word is true, his Holy Spirit resides in you if you've professed faith in Jesus Christ. So that's relationship. Um, in, in Genesis 17, six through eight, God constantly and consistently desired relationship with his creation. Now listen to this, contracts, okay? In the secular world, contracts are made without relationship, but not covenants. Verbal agreements are made without relationship, but not promises. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and even Jacob continued to believe to the end of their lives that God would eventually fulfill his promise to them. But they neither saw the numerous seed, nor did they get the promised rest in the land of Canaan. Some promises the Lord makes to us may not be fulfilled in our lifetime. I'm gonna let that sink in for a second because some of you sitting here and some of you watching online, you might be saying, yep, that's right. I feel like I've been promised. I feel like God has told me something that would be true of me or true in my life. And it hasn't happened yet. And maybe some of you are here and you're older in age and you're thinking it still hasn't happened. Well, that's where faith comes in. That's where the, our faith needs to be steadfast. Some, um, uh, sorry, regardless of our faith, we must, we must continue to be steadfast. Based on the text, we're gonna look at three big faith tips from Abraham. Three big faith tips found in the passage to help us as we travel through, through life. Are you ready? All right, here's the first one. Bring others along. Bring others along. We just heard a lot about that in that song. 
Who's traveling the journey with you? Are you traveling alone? Are you supposed to be alone? Is there someone that's supposed to be traveling with you through this life? Did you leave some people along the way behind? Hebrews 11, 13, and 14. Those two verses say, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. So there's a lot of talk about death, both last week and this week in these passages, but we need to see it in context. Last week we heard that Abram was referred to as good as dead. Yikes. James jokingly talked about Abraham using a walker in the wilderness. Yowza. Well, I'm here to say that Abraham lived to be 175 years old. And James said that Abraham used a walker at the age of 76. He wasn't even halfway through his life. Come on. But now in this week's test, text, it says he died in faith. What does that mean? Sounds like Abraham was a dead man walking, right? But aren't we all? Aren't we all? We're on the same boat, aren't we? Remember, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Dying in the faith, whenever that comes, is what Abraham had peace about. Revelation 14, 13 said, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Now let's answer the question, who's traveling this journey with you? Right? So shouldn't our answer be as many as possible? We, could, we should make sure all those who are supposed to be traveling towards Jesus along the way are accounted for as much as we can do to make sure that happens. We don't, we don't want to leave anyone behind who is supposed to be traveling this path with us. Here's a perfect example. Two words, Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister. And I told you I'd use songs along the way. So here are a couple songs to support my next point. Here's the Home Alone theme. Right? Now you can hum along with, no, I'm just joking. Um, or, because it's a Christmas movie. I'll be home for Christmas. Home. You can count on me. It's Christmas in July, everybody. No, Kevin was supposed to be with his family, heading on vacation. He was accidentally left behind. He wakes up, nobody's there. He's like, ah! <laughs> no one's here. Um, some, some would say maybe some were in the family glad that he was left behind. But the point is he was left. It was an accident. He shouldn't have been left. He should have been with them. He should have been receiving the reward to which they were going on vacation to achieve, right? So the question is, who is your Kevin? Who is your Kevin? I'm gonna let that marinate for a second. Maybe the Lord's Holy Spirit is saying, okay, who is that person or people? Like who are your Kevins, plural? 
Who are the people that you had opportunity to bring along with you that you, that you left behind? Accidentally or intentionally? Who are they? Now remember, God's conviction is his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He's not gonna bang you over the head with this, but he's gonna say, all right, let's do better. Let's do better moving forward because I have some people I want you to share me with. I have people I want you to travel through with, right? Maybe your name is actually Kevin. Maybe you're sitting here, my name's Kevin. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're Kevin. Maybe you're the one someone left behind. Maybe you're the one that you feel left out. You feel cast aside. You feel like no one cared enough about you to share it with you. You're Kevin. Maybe that's you this morning. Somebody came to me after the first service. They said, I have an appointment with you this week. And they do. And they said, the person in my life that I needed prayer for and the person I was gonna tell you about was my son, Kevin. His name is actually Kevin. So I said, let's do it. Let's get together, let's talk about it, let's pray this out. Let's, let's do this, let's have faith together. So look at these two passages. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly, say earnestly, to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Matthew 9, 37, 38. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. If not us, who? And I guarantee you, uh, we, can be, we can be super self-absorbed, but I guarantee you God has people planned for you to share your faith with to share Jesus with in your life. Try not to miss it. Try not to leave anyone behind. And finally, on this point, on this tip, any, in, in addition, Abraham and his family are referred to as seekers, exiles, aliens, pilgrims, and sojourners. Somebody asked me, what's a sojourner, Pastor Randy? I said, it's a temporary resident. A sojourner is a temporary resident. They were definitely a ragtag bunch, for sure. Kind of made me think of uh, John the Baptist a little bit. Eating locusts and honey and walking around and just, ah, here we go. We're, we're on a journey. Um, we're a ragtag bunch, aren't we? I don't care for locusts. But we are a ragtag bunch for sure. While these titles technically mean they're foreigners, they're homeless, they're wandering, they simultaneously down deep knew who they really were. They knew who they were and who needed to travel with them by faith. They got it. They understood. They were faithful followers of God. That's why they're in the word to impact us and inspire us. Walking out his promise and covenant was what they were doing in faith. This world was not their home and this world is not our home. Spiritually, Abraham had faith. His home was secure. And then this passage in 1 Peter 2, 9, and 9 through 11, some of you know it well. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, we are too, we are too, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. And C.S. Lewis said it so well. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And we are, aren't we? We're really on two parallel journeys. In the one, our physical bodies, right, go on throughout this life, walking and doing. And in one, our souls go on in relationship with the Lord. It's kind of going. So the passages you can look up later to support more about this point uh, are Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. If you're like that and you want to go dig into this a little bit deeper later. And uh, Philippians 3, 20 and 21. So let's make sure we bring others along and not leave anyone behind, even accidentally. Here's faith tip number two. Travel light. Travel light. Light. What are you carrying with you? What are you leaving behind? What do you need to leave behind? What are you carrying with you that's unnecessary that you're carrying with you? What have you just carried your, li- or your whole life? You don't even know why, but you just do it. This is just, this is just what I carry. Maybe this is just who I am. This is just what it is. So I'm just going to go ahead and just keep carrying this. When, <laughs> when Jamie and I, well, let me just say, this comes from verse 15, by the way. We're focusing on verse 15 in Hebrews 11. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return, okay? But they weren't, they weren't thinking about where they had come from. They weren't thinking about that and had no intention of returning. They had no intention of returning. When Jamie and I travel... This is, this is hard to do, but I'm just going to humbly admit that I overpack. I'm an overpacker. How many overpackers? Yeah, I see you. See you. Okay. Um, I'm sometimes proud of it. Sometimes I'm like, that's just horrible. Um, so so here's, here's, that's me. That's kind of how it happens. And uh, it's mostly clothes, mostly clothes. Um, sometimes items that just sit in my backpack, you know what I mean, um, for the entire trip or whatever. Uh, unfortunately, I think I've, I've passed this disorder on to my children. It's mostly clothes or what my girls refer to as options, options. So they're like, dad, you need options too. I'm like, I do. I've got options. Look. And then we're, then we're taking, you've been there, you're, you weigh it, you weigh it on the scale. And then they're like, yeah, you're about five. And I'm like, ah, I just weighed it. And then you're like moving stuff to another bag. And we're that family. <laughs> okay. We're that family at the airport. And some of you are like, ah, oh, that's them. They're the family. That's us. Uh, <laughs> uh, and these items, I'm, I mean, I look at them, we're on the trip and I look at them and it's like, 
do I get that out? Do I, should I? No, I'm not. No. And I go and we go do and I go back maybe a couple days and then in a week long trip and no, no. And then I zip it up and we're going to the airport and there it goes back on my back again. And I go back to the airport with the stuff I never touched. And I'm like, what am I doing? Um, so, <laughs> but I'm completely willing to carry it. Look at this. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. The guy there, that's how I feel when I'm going to the airport. And when we're driving to the airport, we're, you know, five, you know, we're on 528 and we're just like, hey, waving. And that, look, that, that's what I feel like we're doing. So the songs that go along with this, this particular tip are, country roads take me home. Come on, sing with me. To the place I belong, West Virginia. Yes, take me home, country road. And there's the, always the other one, the long and winding road that leads to your door. And then it says, don't leave me standing here. But that's more for the Kevin McAllister point, isn't it? I keep on packing for every trip and lugging it around. It's crazy, but God's working on me. But because a much more debilitating baggage is the mental and emotional stuff that we all carry around everywhere we go, right? Honestly, it's so convicting. Keep traveling, but don't dwell in the past. Get rid of unnecessary baggage and items. Don't over pack. Resist it. Leave behind things like hurt, regret, shame, fear, unforgiveness. To me, and this is just my thought, to me unforgiveness is the biggest tool the enemy uses to stall you out, to get you stuck. Because if you can't forgive, you're holding, that, you're holding that hurt, you're holding that burden, you're holding that thing that happened to you the rest of your life. It's like chains. Just walking around with chains on. Look at what Max Lucado says in the book Traveling Light. Haven't you been known to pick up a few bags? Odds are you did this morning. Somewhere between the first step on the floor and the last step out the door. You grabbed some luggage. You stepped over to the baggage carousel and loaded it up. Don't remember doing so? That's because you did it without thinking. Don't remember seeing a baggage claim? That's because the carousel is not the one in the airport. It's the one in the mind. And the bags we grab are not made of cloth or leather. They're made of burdens. The suitcase of guilt a sack of discontent. You drape a duffel bag of weariness on one shoulder and a hanging bag of grief on the other. Add on a backpack of doubt, an overnight bag of loneliness, and a trunk of fear. No wonder you're so tired at the end of the day. Are you tired at the end of the day? Jesus can take those. He asks us to present our needs to him and he will take them from you. You don't have to carry that any longer. 
You don't have to carry it around. Even if it was unconsciously carrying something, you don't have to do it anymore. Jesus promised and says, I will take that from you. I don't know how that'll look. I don't know the time frame in which he'll remove it. I don't know how that transaction will happen for you, but he'll take it. He'll take it. And in many ways, he already did on the cross, amen? I mean, so he's just waiting for you to reciprocate. Give me that. I got that. I'll take that. In another, in another book, Max Lucado talks about carrying around a bag of rocks on his shoulder, heavy rocks in this bag. And each rock represents something. But you're just, lug- you, he just explains that you're just lugging it around your whole life, probably, maybe some, just this bag of rocks that all the while you could have opened up the bag and given those rocks away, taken them out, dumped the bag out, and then the freedom of walking without that weight, that heavy burden on you. It's available to us through Jesus. Are you unusually tired and can't figure out why? Maybe there's some baggage you need to lay down. Give it to the Lord. Unload the heavy baggage and don't pick it up again. Say, don't pick it up again. Amen. Furthermore, don't turn back. Don't go back to where you were. Philippians 3, 13, B through 14. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. Say forward. To what lies ahead and press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. At one point, Genesis 24, 5 and 6 When asked by a servant, must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham replied, see to it that you do not take my son back there. He knew God wanted him to faithfully lead his family forward, forward, not backwards, forwards. And then C.S. Lewis says again, there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. Believe that. So people, we must travel light. Let's get to the last big faith tip we can take from Abraham's life and that is know your destination. Know your destination. Where are you going? And I know it said in James, the passage that James preached out of last week, they didn't know where they're going. I think the question more is, what's your ultimate destination, right? And along the way, God will, through his spirit, kind of give you a little guidance and clarity and, and help you along the way. But, but where are you ultimately going? Do you know you have a home waiting for you? You know that's the bigger picture. Do you know this world is not our home? This world, this is just a, and it's, this isn't our home. Bible says don't store up treasure. So verse 16 says, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared them for them a city. We'll have multiple earthly places and assignments that God's spirit will faithfully guide and direct us along the way for sure. Abraham's faith told him God would lead him and his descendants to these stops along the way. Many of us remember how Henry Blackaby encourages believers in the Experiencing God study saying what Stephen already shared in worship 
It says, Jesus watched to see where his father was at work and joined him. That's the only compass we need. That is the only GPS we need. Oh, that's where God's going? I'm going to go. I want to be with God. I want to do what God's doing. Oh, that's where he's doing? Okay, I'm going to go over here. Oh, it's in P-Kids? Okay, I'll come over here P-Kids, and I'll, and I'll serve in P-Kids. Oh, he's, oh, he's working at Passion? Oh, I'm going to go ahead then, and I'm going to go over here at Passion. Oh, he's working in the community. They're giving out food over there. Okay, I'll do that. I mean, be faithful to discern where God is already working and join him there. The ultimate destination is already determined. If you're a follower of Christ, if you, if you surrendered your heart to him and believed upon him as your Lord and Savior, that destination is secure. That's not going anywhere. Okay? Think about it. Abraham was living the amazing race. I think this show must not be that popular anymore because last service I asked how many people watched The Amazing Race and there was like five hands. And so, so let me do it. How many people watched The Amazing Race? <laughs> it's like Zippo. So it seemed like a great example, but I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make it work. Watch this. So here are the songs associated with this tip. Chariots of Fire. Okay. We also have, and man, if you're a younger generation, you're gonna have no idea what this is. You might, if you do, man, you're super retro and cool. Um, and I ran, I ran so far away just to get away. Flock of seagulls, anybody? Okay. Maybe, maybe Bruce Springsteen. Baby, I was born to run. Anybody? Nobody? Boss fans? Oh, you got, okay, got a couple boss fans. Okay. Anyway, on the show, you travel with a partner, okay? Using clues. You have no idea where you're going. You have no idea what the challenges are. Come on, you guys know. But they know the eventual prize. They don't want to get in last place because they know the eventual prize. They know the eventual reward they want to get to. So they're going hard. They're just, they're going so hard. They're so passionate. And, and they're confident. Abraham was faithfully traveling through as well, confident of the prize and reward, but he had no specific idea geographically where he was going or the stops along the way, really. But he was going hard. And he was passionate, passionately forging on because his faith told him the ultimate prize is worth the wandering. I'm gonna say that again. The ultimate prize is worth the wandering. Shouldn't this be the life of a faithful Christ follower? Shouldn't this be our goal? Are there circumstances and situations that are exempt that, that when, oh, when these things happen, I can lose faith. I cannot be faithful anymore because that was just, it was so jacked up, Pastor. I don't think so. Now, we have mercy and we have compassion and we love each other through those moments. And we pray that Jesus will walk through those moments with us, the hard, the tough, the unimaginable things that happen in our lives. But losing faith in who he is and his promise to be with us and that he has a home prepared for us, we can't let that happen, people. 
Christians, we can't let that happen. As hard as it is. Unfortunately, we can also sometimes find ourselves way out ahead, way out here. We talked about not going back and picking up old baggage or bad tendencies, but the Lord has delivered us, that the Lord has delivered us from, but we can rush out and run out ahead of God and go, come on, God, I'm going this way, let's go. Come on, God, we're going this way. It's kind of what we talked about before. And, and God's going, what are you doing? Where are you going? I'm over here. We're over here. I need you here. I have people you need to, to be with here. I need to chisel you and adjust your faith over here. But we're like, oh, but, but no, I'm over here. No. Abraham's faith tells us to be patient and wait on the Lord because he is faithful. Stay in step with him. Let the Lord lead you. Don't try and lead him. In the passage, we read about a better country, right? This better country is heaven or eternity with the Lord. The country and city God has already prepared. Say prepared. It's one of the ways as Christians, we're challenged to have faith at another level because we can't see it. We can't smell it. We can't touch it. But it's promised, but we can't see it. So it, it requires big time faith. Any works of, this in the, of the spirit and anything in the spiritual realm, everybody always has a little bit of, more of a difficult time. Well, pastor, I can't, I can't touch that or I can't see that. So, you know, and even I do that. I'm, I'm guilty of that. There are things that I can't see or touch or feel or understand. And so it's a challenge. Our faith has to go deeper with those things because if God says it, it's the truth, right? Let's go back to Hebrews 11, verse one. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The conviction of things not seen. My son told me, Levi Lesko uh, said this. um, Lesko, I'm sorry. Levi Lesko said this. He said, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. Because if you were certain, there's no need to have faith. So there's always doubt within faith. We read about all kinds of people in the Bible that are have, struggling. That, the struggles that we struggle with today. They walk, they can't, ah, oh, man, I just don't know if that's true or not. Or I don't know if God, you can help me with that. Or I don't know if you can come through on that, God but he's calling us to a deeper faith. He's saying, yes, I can. Trust me, may not be in your timing and your way and how you think it should go down, but I can, I can help you. I can, I can show up in that circumstance. I can heal you, I can touch you. I can, I can walk with you through that issue, that problem, that struggle, that hurt. We can move forward in faith and confidence. God knows what he's doing. And your steps have already been ordered by him. Isn't that bring you security and stability knowing? Remember, it's not about you. It's never been about you. There's a better path to the best destination, to the best destination. Abraham faithfully believed this and faith was the filter by which he traveled through. Jesus is already prepared for our arrival. John 14, two through four. 
In my, in my house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. So we do know where we're going, right? We can know where we're going. Revelation 21, 2, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared, say prepared, as a bride adorned for her husband. Lastly, we should not be ashamed of the Lord because he is not ashamed of you. He is not ashamed of me. And if someone has sold you that bill of goods, if someone has lied that into you and you believed it, I pray in Jesus' name that that would be cast out of your mind because God loves you. He is not ashamed of you. You are his child. And don't let anyone tell you any different. If our plans are to inherit eternity with God, we should have faith that he has indeed prepared for us a city, a home. He is not ashamed to be called ours. Are we ashamed of him? We should desire to be mature in our faith. Not so we can say we're mature in our faith. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I want to be mature in my faith so I can say I'm mature in my faith. Watch, this is how, this is how you walk in faith. Watch this. No, no. You're mature in your faith. You desire to be mature in your faith because rather to travel through life's ups and downs with Jesus, travel through life well and in step with the Lord. Mark 8:38 For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, oh man, they were adulterous and sinful then too. Just like us. Of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. And here are a couple more supporting verses you can look up later. If you want these, they're for you. Write them down. 2 Timothy 4.18, they're wonderful. Exodus 3.15. So if we walk with the Lord, faithfully traveling through is possible. God doesn't call or expect us to be perfect. Never has, never will. Just faith-filled. And when we have the faith of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob, we can get through anything. God's way is the best way. So here are some questions. And I want you to know, I know we do these next step questions every time there's a message. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to minister to you right now and to help you really examine yourself with these questions. Number one, who is traveling through life with you? Is there someone that should be there that's not there? Maybe there's, maybe there's an estranged relationship. Maybe there's someone that you had the opportunity to share Jesus with that you didn't. So it's not condemnation, it's conviction. It's Jesus saying, okay, missed that one. Okay, well, let's, no, no shame. He's not a God of shame or fear or guilt. No, well, okay, I'm gonna give you some other opportunities. Come on, you, you can do this. I got you, I'm with you. What are you carrying with you? Number two, what are you carrying with you? 
What should you stop carrying with you? What do you finally need to leave behind? What are those things, those rocks that you need to take out of the bag and leave them at the feet of Jesus? He's asking us to. What are those things? And do you know where you're going? If you profess faith in Jesus and you say you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, you better, you better know where you're going. There's, there's, no, there's no ambiguity with that. But that, knowing where we're going, the fact that we know where we're going should be the filter by which we live, should be the faith by which we live, should be how we walk and travel through life. Amen? So here's what we're gonna do. Um, typically we have an altar call here and, and that's what churches call it. That's the, the jargon, that's the religious jargon that's used. Oh, there's an altar call. And it is. Um, and, but there's a stigma and I wanna make sure that the stigma, if it does exist here, that it gets cast into the deepest part of the sea. And that is that the only time you need to go to the altar is if you just feel so guilty and burdened for, and this, and I'm just saying the only reason, and you just feel like you jacked up your life and you sin so bad and you need to come here and you need to give it to the Lord. And let me say, that happens here, but that's not the only thing that happens there. You come to the altar to talk to God, to talk to Jesus. You come to the altar to, to, to commune with the Lord and hear from him and hear what he's saying to you. And I'm gonna have the altar prayer partners go ahead and come forward and any ministry staff we have here, if you wanna come forward too and be available up here. Listen, if you need prayer or to pray with someone and to talk to God with someone else, great. If you wanna come and pray by yourself and talk to God by yourself and hear from him by yourself, do it. Because oftentimes at the end of these messages, uh, the fear which I shouldn't have, but the fear I carry and that I'm gonna to give to the Lord is that we walk out of these doors and we don't take care of what God wants us to take care of in the moment. It's just my heart. So if the Lord has spoken to you at all through what you've heard, through his word, not, not from what I've said, but through his word and the spirit has convicted you in any kind of way, the altars are here for you to come talk to him to tell him about it, to ask him, what, what more do you wanna tell me, Lord? What is it that you want me to do about it? How do you want me to respond, Lord? So if you'd stand, this song, this song is gonna be your opportunity to respond to God this morning. So allow this song to have you respond to God and go talk to him this morning. Don't wait, don't hesitate.